Welcome to Leadership Conversations with Josh Reich and Casey Cease. We have the conversations that leaders want to have. Now, on to our show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Leadership Conversations. I'm Josh Reich, and I am joined by my co-host, as always, Casey Cease. What's up, Josh? Good to have you back, man. And I'm glad our, to be back. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> I was debated about inviting you back or not. Do I, bring I know, I know, or? but you need me to be able to edit it and upload it. So you True. figure. True, you play well, an important role in this entire process. And so we have our gifts that we bring. So what he's basically saying, sub, you know, sub uh, meta narrative friends is please help me get out of this. Uh, does anybody out there know how to edit podcasts so Josh can do it on his own, right? No, it'd be less fun on my own. It'd be, it'd be less, less fun, fun on your own. It'd be less fun on my own. But anyway, so today we are talking about um, something that I think a lot of leaders deal with. Uh, if you have not experienced this yet, then you are probably very new in the leadership game. Uh, but at some point, uh, you will be betrayed as a leader. You will have somebody that is close to you. It could be a board member, an elder, a staff member. Uh, it might be somebody that's a close friend of your spouse. Uh, but at some point, um, you will have somebody stab you in the back, uh, let you down, um, maybe lie about you, gossip about you, take some information you shared with them, um, and use it for their own gain. Um, the list is kind of endless about betrayal, uh, especially in church circles, but also in business circles. And so we want to talk today just about the reality of that, but then also what do you do? How do you handle that betrayal? How do you protect your heart? against bitterness. And so um, we're going to do our best not to go into real details about uh, stories that we've walked through, but just want to talk through the reality of betrayal. And so Casey, how long was it until you were, you actually experienced betrayal in leadership? Like how far were you into your leadership journey when that first happened? I think it was more than minutes, but you know, <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, like even in student ministry, you had that one student that you know, you have, you work extra with, you talk with, and you're like, Hey man, I need you to stop blurting out. No problem, man. I'm on your team. And then, you know, so those micro betrayals, people are always moving your salt. And I'll, I'll dig into that a little bit in a minute. I'm stealing that from another leadership guy, but, um, yeah, like I mean, really big, like, really yeah, big betrayal. yeah, probably a couple years in like the first few years were internships and stuff that, like that. And, um, you know, I, I had, I had a, you know, I, I had somebody that was in a position of leadership over me that was unhappy with the decision I had made. And he was pretty, pretty nasty about that. And, and so, you know, that felt like a betrayal from a leader. Yeah. Um, you know, and even as a young leader, as someone growing up, uh, that was, that was drag. And then um, I had a team member uh, early on in my interning years, another intern that had greatly violated some ethical boundaries and, and it, you know, I felt betrayed just, you know, I thought we we're all on the same team doing the same thing. And then, you know, and then when you start getting into actual bigger pictures of, of positions of leadership, um, it's interesting how many agendas you're trying to navigate and juggle. And, and so really I would say what, and I think it's important to clarify that it, you know, to experience it as a betrayal or see it as an intentional betrayal are probably two different things. Like some things feel like they're betrayal but maybe actually aren't uh, an actual betrayal, but they're still experienced that way, you know? And, and then, so like someone might do something pretty hurtful or harmful, more negligent than intentional. And then there's people who intentionally go behind your back 
and try to cause issues for you. Um, and there aren't a ton early on that I experienced directly that way, more of a, you know, more negligent betrayals than proactive betrayals, I would say. Um, but you know, definitely over the years of leadership, it was, you know, there's definitely moments of, especially in church planning, right? When people say, Oh, we're with you. We love you. We're hundred percent here. And then we'll be they write a nasty blog post sure. about you and then they take off, you know? So, yeah. well, and I think you have to have a level of relationship for somebody for it to feel like a betrayal. Like there yep. has to be a depth to the relationship for you to, for you to hurt and for you to feel that the depth of that instead of, well, they were here for a season and then they left, you know, because right. in churches, especially if you, you know, so where we are in Tucson, we're near an air force base. And so there's just a lot of turnover. Those people leaving, even if they're close friends, that's not a betrayal. That's just, that's the reality of life and life moving on. And so I think there needs to be a period of time for those relationships to build for betrayal um, to happen. And, and so, so what I want to focus on is not so much, the betrayal, you know, but what you do afterwards, yeah. what you do after that happens. And where this came out for me was I had been deeply betrayed um, about three or four years into ministry. And so I was in my late 20s. And when we moved to Tucson, we planted our church and we were a few years into it. And the guy who was my closest staff member, he led worship, oversaw all the business. And he was like, we worked hand in hand together, uh, you know, leading this church. And he came to me and he said, I feel like you're making me pay for what somebody else did. And that hit me like a ton of bricks because I never realized that I was actually holding on to the betrayal that somebody had done. I was holding on to not trusting other people. And he said, at some point you're going to have to let me in and you're going to have to trust. And I was, at first, I was not excited that he said this because I thought he was dead wrong. And I thought it was clearly something that he needed to work through. But as I examined it, he was right. I was making, um, I was keeping people at arm's length. Um, I was not letting people, you know, do things that maybe they should be doing. I wasn't trusting them the way that I needed to, to trust them because of what somebody else did. And so, like, I don't know if you can resonate with that, if you've seen mm -hmm. that in your own life. Yeah. Uh, like. How do you move forward from that? Well, and, and I think I'm still learning um, and, and not to be cliche Christian guy, but I, I think of, you know, you look at Jesus and how did he handle the betrayal of his best friends pretty much, right? He went back to them. He pursued them. He forgave them. He restored them. And, and ideally that if I were perfect, perfectly fully God, fully man, um, then, then ideally that'd be the way to go. I, I think first of all, again, is, Okay, was this an intentional betrayal? Was it negligent betrayal? Even with intentional betrayals, it's, you know, you know what do I want to do? Because, you know, to, to carry on to the point of bitterness is, is most harmful to you. That's not really harming the other person, yeah. you know? And so even if you're doing it out of retribution, that's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be really there. Uh, like I had a mentor say that bitterness is just letting someone else take up real estate in your heart. Yeah, it's absolutely right. I mean, and, and Danny Meyer wrote a book on setting the table. It basically, it's hospitality and business, but he had a mentor sit down with him. And Danny owns a lot of business, a lot of restaurants in New York City. And, you know, the guy said, hey, Danny, I want you to clear this table and just put a, a salt shaker in the middle of it. So Danny put it, he's like, are you sure that's exactly where you want it in the middle? And so Danny adjusted it and then it was perfect. And then the guy just reached over and pushed it over a little bit. He said, now put it back. And so Danny put it back and he pushed it away again. And 
He said, put it back. And they kept doing it for a while and he kept pushing all over the place. He said, he said, are you angry that I'm doing that? And he's like, I don't understand why you're doing it, but no, I mean, I'm just putting it back. He said, well, that's your job. Your job as a leader is to always put the salt shaker back in the middle. And the job of your clients, your customers, and everybody else is to move your salt shaker. And once you start understanding that that's part of the role, that's part of the job, um, is as a leader, you keep people on point and their job is to try to move off point. And that's what's going to happen. Um, you're going to become less bitter about it. And that really resonated with me because I realized that, hey, part of leadership is keeping focused on the vision, executing towards the vision, bringing people oriented back around the vision. And, you know, obviously, if you have someone that's just constantly trying to go against it, then you want to rethink that. But overall, it's really quite a helpful opportunity to think through, um, you know, how to handle that moving forward. Yeah. Well, I know for me, one of the things that was really helpful was you have to have friends that will sit with you in your pain. Yeah. You know, and, and will will weep with you, will grieve with you. And you, you have to have that. You can't, too many times, I think, for leaders, one of the reasons we get bitter uh, when we're hurt is because we, we then don't let anybody in right? Um, to help us walk. And, and it's, it's natural because we think, well, that person did it. So obviously the next person's going to do it. Yeah. And the next person after that. Um, but the reality is one of the things that I've just seen in my own life is that for a leader, hope is really the battleground for them. Yeah. You know, and, and if you don't, if you don't continue to fight for hope, if you don't protect um, your heart in that way to be, to be hopeful, you end up being cynical. You end up keeping people out. You end up not dreaming anymore. But I think that's a great story with the salt shaker because yeah. it just, it is part of leadership. It is part of navigating the, the game, the playing field of leadership. And, and, you know, not doing well sometimes and realizing, gosh, this is extremely frustrating that this is happening, but it is happening. And if we're able to start owning that things like this are happening, we're able to start finding a way forward that, that doesn't completely just, you know, mess us up when that happens. So how do you, when you've been hurt, when you've been betrayed, how do you hope again? Yeah. So really for me, the way I know I'm maturing in this is the amount of time that it's a visceral reaction where it's like my gut and obsessive. And really, um, you know, when I was church planning and pastoring, when I was able to get it down to about two to three days, you know, within, you know, the first day, you know, you sit and have that meeting with someone on Sunday afternoon, you're already raw from preaching and they come and meet you and like, Hey, we're leaving the church, blah, blah, blah. You're horrible. Or, and they call on something else, you know, and it's like, Oh, you just feel rotten. But I knew like if, okay, if I can make it, to Monday and Monday it still stings a bit by Tuesday or Wednesday it's get you know you know Tuesday I've written my sermon and I'm ready to prove them that I'm not a piece of junk you know and get through my own issues you know and by Wednesday I'm like okay well I, it's still sensitive but it's fine you know I think it's just one okay admit that you're hurt I think so many people burn so much energy like man this hurts they don't want to say that right you know they, they rather point out the injustice than the effect I would say the, the sooner you can say, man, this really stings, this really hurts, this really is uh, a challenge for me, um, acknowledging it, it is, is the first key. The second key, I think, is to really, you know, like I said before, frustration is unmet expectation. And what, what was I expecting? You know, in this situation, I expected them to stay here forever. Okay, well, what was maybe unrealistic about my expectation? The more I can take responsibility, at least... Oh, where did them, that expectation come from? Yeah, where did it come from? Even if they said, we're here with you forever... Right. Remember, their job is to move the salt shaker. 
right? And so, you know, if my daughter says, Eddie, I'm going to love you forever and ever. You're my favorite guy on the planet. That's fine until her husband comes along. Yeah. Right. Or some other boy, you know? So it's like, I, I've got to know my place and know what it is. And, you know, understanding that role of a pastor, role of a business leader, role of a CEO or a nonprofit leader, like whatever your leadership role, role as a dad is people are going to go against specifically you personally, but also they're going to, they're going to buck against your role and your authority. And you're going to have to make decisions on how you're going to process it. Like you said, to not process it in isolation and then to come up with a way for you to heal at times, if you're able to have conversations with the people, um, if the relationship is worth, you know, trying to salvage beyond your current arrangement to obviously trying to do the best you can to move on and, and not think ill of the person. It's always helped me to pray for those folks mm-hmm. that have you know, I've felt have betrayed, betrayed me at least to prevent bitterness. You well, know, I, the, think with, I think with the expectations though, like to, to not only articulate I'm hurt, I'm sad, I feel devastated to articulate that. But then why you feel that way? You know, because oftentimes what I found with betrayal in my own life is that there's usually a, a connection to something in my childhood. Yeah. There's usually something that it connects back to um, that I've just not dealt with yet, that I've yeah. not faced yet, um, that, or maybe that I just don't understand the depths of like how far those strings go into my soul. Right. And I think, you know, for a lot of leaders, it is, um, that's scary then. Because right. you have to start walking through maybe some places that you don't want to walk through. Right. Uh, you have to enter some doors that maybe you'd rather keep closed. That's absolutely true. Well, so yeah. as we as we wrap up, you know, the reality is, um, I, I love that the visual of the salt shaker. You know, maybe this past. I week, wish I had come up with it, but you know, I, I'd rather share it with everybody else and encourage you. That was yeah. one of my highlights of the book. So. I mean, now none of us have to buy that book because we have that. Uh, yeah, they, that's right the there. takeaway right there. Yep. And so, I mean, there's a good chance that this past week somebody has moved your salt shaker. Yep. And you are facing that. And so just know that that's part of leadership. Um, it's not the only part of leadership, but it is part of leadership. And really just your battleground as a leader is to fight for hope, to, to stay in that place where you're fighting against bitterness and find a friend to do that with. Find, find another leader to walk with you. Uh, through that. So any closing thoughts, Casey, as we wrap up, anything to just share with our listeners as we finish out how to handle betrayal? Yeah, it should always hurt, but it shouldn't always stay. And I think as you grow as a leader, you don't want to become so numb or insensitive that I don't think that's the goal. The goal though is to better have a better understanding and process on how to process it and have community to process it in to remain healthy. Because, you know, ultimately our boss, Jesus, right? Our King Jesus had ultimate betrayal yet he chose to love and move forward. And I think we have betrayed at times, um, whether in a minor way or in a major way, whether in negligence or in intentionality, and we've required forgiveness as well. And so that's the opportunity we have moving forward. And again, forgiveness is different than trust. And that's something we can discuss at a future date. But ultimately, it's that guarding our heart from bitterness, because ultimately that robs us of our joy and, and, and leaves us um, hurting unnecessarily. So that's all we have for for this week. Thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you again soon.
Thank you for listening to Leadership Conversations. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it. Also, leave a review for us on iTunes and Google Play. If you'd like to stay connected, please visit our website at www.leaderconvos.com. Thank you.